message, I, I've entitled it, Christ is the Light, and I was going to do a message just on Christ the Light, but as I was looking at the passage that um, um, this is in, the, the scripture portion, I decided to do a little bit of expositional preaching tonight. So we're going to look at um, that verse specifically that speaks of Christ as our light, and also uh, the verses before it and after it. So if you would, turn to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, and we'll be looking at verses 44 to 50. <clears throat> 44 to 50. And here before us in, in this picture of Christ, the light, we have a picture of, of one of the names of Christ. He, he's our light. He's our light. And Jesus Christ is come a light into the world. He's come a light into the world. And and, and this is good news for sinners who are in darkness, who are in darkness. This is good news that Christ, who is the light, has come into this world because we live and we abide in darkness. So let's look at the portion of Scripture. We will just look at each verse as, as, uh, from 44 to 50. So let's look at the first one. John chapter 12, verse 44. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but he on him that sent me. So we see here before us that he who believes in Christ believes on the Father. If you believe on Christ, you believe you believe in the Father. Because it's the Father who sent him. He was sent into this world, commissioned by God, the Father, to come into this world and to save his people from their sins. John 13, 20, if you want to turn over there, it's just the one chapter over. John 13, 20, Scripture declares this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. You see, it ties right in with what we what we see in verse 44. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. So knowing Christ means you know the Father. You know the Father. Our Lord spoke of this in John 17, 3, the high priestly prayer, <clears throat> when he said of his people, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. How do we know him? The Holy Spirit reveals him to us. He reveals him to us. So loving Christ and coming to Christ means that you love the Father and you come to the Father as well. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is what? The way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to the Father. Look over one chapter, or no, actually, look at verse 45. John chapter 12, verse 45. And he that seeth me, <clears throat> seeth him that sent me. Now we know that many saw Christ, many saw him in the flesh, who never knew the Father, and who never knew Christ, because they just looked upon him as a mere man. 
is a mere man. You hear it even today. People say, well, he's a good prophet. He was a good man. They have no idea who Christ is. No idea at all. So there was many who saw him who didn't know him. They looked at Christ again as a mere man. Christ hadn't revealed himself to them. He hadn't revealed himself to them. Whoever sees and looks to Christ with the eye of faith, which is a gift from God, they look to Christ with the eye of faith is all our righteousness. Think of that. You as a believer, do you look to Christ is all your righteousness? Do you look to Christ as your surety? Do you look to Christ as your redeemer? Do you look to Christ as the one perfect sacrifice for the sins of all God's people? And we do, don't we? And in looking to him, we know we have access to the Father through him. Because he is sent, he is sent by the Father. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. This was one of the vital truths which occupied a, a, a prominent place in our Lord's teaching. That no man had seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son had come to what? To declare him. To declare him. And he does. Christ enables God to be just in the justifier of his people. And God's people see the glory of God and the wisdom and power of God and they see the redemptive will of God all in Christ. Don't you see that? Don't you see God's will and his redemptive plan worked out for all his people in Christ? It's marvelous. It's because, see, the gospel is all about Christ. The word of God is all about Christ. We will never see the Father except through Christ. We will never know who God is, except through Christ, in him alone. My, what a great God we have. So Christ enables God to be just and justifier of his people. Then John twelve forty six says this, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Now look at, look at this verse. I am come a light unto the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Here before us again is the great condescension of our sovereign God. Of our sovereign God. The light of the world. He becomes a man. I am come a light unto the world. Note, that speaks of his pre-existence. Note those little words. I am come. Where did he come from? He came from heaven. He came from glory. This speaks of his pre-existence, beloved. This speaks of his deity. God incarnate in the flesh. I am come into the world. He dwells in eternity. Where was he before he came? He was in eternity, in heaven. I'm coming to the world. Right? 
when the, when the appointed time of God was come to pass for him to enter in this world, he came into this world to redeem his people from their sins. Why? That thrills my soul. It speaks of his preexistence. Think of this, the one by whom all things consist here proclaims that he came into the world. The very one who gave him birth, he created. The very world that he created, he enters into. God, incarnate in the flesh. God. And and think of this. It was at that exact time that God had ordained, right? And that God had appointed. And he had, he, he had appointed this and ordained this by his decree, by God's decree, from eternity. From eternity. Now these, this passage here parallels two other passages in John. Turn, if you would, first to John chapter 8, and then we'll look in John chapter 9. This, this verse here, I come in, I have... I am come a light unto the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Parallels two other portions in John. John 8, 12. Look at this. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And then turn, if you would, over to John chapter 9. We'll look at verses 2 to 5. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Let's stop there for a second. When I read that, that applies to every one of God's elect. We are born into this world We are dead sinners, but we are trophies of God's grace. And God's grace has been manifested in us and to us in Christ Jesus, our Lord, beloved. He says, I must work the works of him that sent me. Well, this day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. That's our king. Turn back to our text, if you would, John 12, 46. Again, I am come, a light into the world. This speaks of Christ's preexistence. Now think of this. Think of this. I got this from a commentator. This is not mine. The guy said that he was saying, just as the, the sun rises from the east, right? Just as the sun rises from the east, it appears over the eastern hills. So Christ existed in eternity. The sun existed before it came up. And every day it comes up, right? And that sun existed before it came up. Over those hills. Just because it came over those hills doesn't mean it didn't exist. It existed. And just as the sun appears over the eastern hills, so Christ existed in eternity. The Word, the Word of God, before He came into this world. And this scripture speaks of His incarnation. I am come a light into the world. The incarnation of God himself. God and man. The perfect 
spotless Lamb of God. And note, when it says he, come, he came a light into this world, this ties right in. Now folks look at that and they say, oh look, he died for the whole world. Folks say that, right? Right off, right off the bat, they say that. But think of this. He came a light into the world. And, and, and this, this, to me, ties right in with the fact that God's people are from every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. Because the scripture says this in Revelation 5, 9. It declares this. And they sang a new song. Saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. My. And it, God's elect, beloved, are a number that no man can number. And think of this too. Christ alone is the savior of the world, his people. He's the, he's the only savior, right, for his people. Those the saints in, in Revelation from every kindred tongue and people and nation are saying, Thou art worthy because you have redeemed us, Lord. We say the same thing as believers. Lord, you're the one. You're the only one who's worthy to receive all glory and all honor and all praise because you have redeemed us, Lord. You have redeemed us. You have come into the, into the world, a light into the world. My, our text continues. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He comes into this world as a a light revealing God, revealing the Father and exposing man and exposing how we love darkness rather than light. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Verse 19 and 20. Look at this. This is the natural bent of man. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And man loved darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. And in verse 20. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Now, I, I've never been in a house that has cockroaches, but I heard that, that if you have cockroaches in your home and it's dark and you flip on the light, I heard they just scatter. They just take off. Well, men do not like the Bible because it exposes who they are and what they are. And they run just like them cockroaches. Scattering. But beloved, we are delivered from, from we are delivered from the darkness, from the power of Satan, and from the ruin of sin. In Adam we fell. We're delivered. We who believe are delivered from that. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone who has delivered us. It's only by what He has done. He's delivered us from the power of darkness and from our sin. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. Look at this, verses 17 to 24. Scripture declares, 
Ephesians 4, 17 to 24. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And, and that's where we all were. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with, with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concern in the former conversation the old man. We don't desire the things that we used to do and the things that we used to say and the things we used to be, do we? No, we're new creatures in Christ. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. God's people, we hunger and thirst for righteousness. We seek to, to live a life pleasing to God. We're not antinomians. We don't believe we can walk out the door and do whatever you want. But there's people out there who believe that. I've never heard a grace preacher ever say anything like that. But, but I know there's people out there that, that teach that stuff. And my goodness, no. No. As I often say, it's the love of Christ that constrains us. I know I'm more of a sinner probably than anyone else in the world. And I know you all feel the same way who believe. We know what we are. We probably have an argument over who's the chief of sinners. Because we know we are. Oh, my, think of this. So, our Lord, He comes from eternity. He comes from eternity. And as one commentator said, Hawker said this, coming up from all eternity in the councils of peace for the salvation of his people. He is the everlasting light and the glory of his people. He comes into this world for the salvation of his people. Do you ever think of this? God himself came to satisfy his own law? God himself came into the world to satisfy his own, to turn away his justice? From, from sinners like me and sinners like you. That's amazing. And the reason he did it is because we can't, we can't save ourselves. <laughs> what love! See, the, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, isn't it? We're just in awe of what he's done for us. So let us remember. Turn, if you would, to Genesis chapter 1. Let us remember this. That he who caused the light to shine out of darkness in the creation of the world is the very one who came to redeem his people from their sins. And, and in Genesis 1, you have a picture of regeneration. You have a picture of regeneration. Genesis chapter 1. So the very one, who, the very one who's here is the very one who came into this world. Look at this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. This is his. It's all his. It's all, the, everything is his. There's nothing that's not under his dominion. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now that's a picture of us, dead in trespasses and sins, in darkness. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said what? Let there be light, and there was light. God said, you're mine. Right? The Holy Spirit regenerated us. Let there be light. And that's what happened in every believer's life. My goodness. 
And there was light. And God saw the light and that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And, the, and God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Just as he was the one who said, let there be light in the creation of the world. He is the one who causes the light to shine out of darkness in the new creation. In the new creation, beloved. When we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. When the day spring from on high first shines in the heart of the believer. And he is our day spring. He is the rose of Sharon to us. Oh my, what a Savior. What a Savior. And it is God who must give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It's God who must reveal to us who Christ is. What we are and who Christ is. Otherwise, we're just groping around in the dark. But he, he takes his people from the darkness to the light. Oh my, my beloved. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says this. If you want to turn there, you can. It's a wonderful verse. Second, let's, let's turn there. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. And let us remember that Christ alone is the light to lighten the Gentiles. Christ alone, the glory of thy people Israel. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. And look, look. Now think of this. Who's doing the work in this verse? Who's the one? That's all I'll say. Look at this. Look at this. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God was the one who commanded the light to shine. Just as, just as Christ said, Lazarus, come forth. And what did Lazarus do? He came forth. He came forth. Just as Lazarus come forth, God's people come forth out of darkness when we're called by, called by the Holy Spirit of God to faith. He grants us faith and repentance on Christ, to believe on Christ. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, and oh, how dark was that darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So God's elect themselves in the state of unregeneracy and unbelief are in darkness. Every human who comes into this world is in darkness. But when Christ shines upon them and grants them faith to believe, when the Holy Spirit grants them faith to believe, they're born again by the Holy Spirit of God, they are no longer in darkness. You who believe are no longer in darkness. Now we see through a glass darkly while we're here, but we're not in the darkness we were in. Oh, just ask a believer who he is. Oh, I'm a sinner. Did you think you were a sinner before God saved you? <laughs> now we know we are. I need Christ. Did you think you needed Christ before the Lord saved you? We didn't, did we? Christ is my all in all. Christ meant nothing to me before I was saved. He, he, was, a, he, he was a figment of my imagination, the, the, the Christ that I, that I worshipped. He was a false Christ, but the but when... But when the God, the Holy Spirit, revealed the true Christ of the Bible to me, oh my, everything changed. 
everything changed. When Christ shines upon us, we are no longer in darkness. The darkness has passed. The true light shines. And we see the glory and grace of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. By faith, we're given a hope of heaven. Think of this, too. By faith, we're given a hope of heaven in invisible reality. Heaven is an invisible reality. It's real. We can't see it, though, can we? We have no clue. We were talking about that last night. I, I mentioned someone, someone wrote a book on heaven, who, 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 uh, some evangelical guy years ago, and I thought, how can someone write a book on heaven when they've never been there? And we were talking about heaven and how, how it's so far beyond what we can even comprehend. I hath not seen nor ear heard the things that God, the things that he has for us. We can't even comprehend it. But we're given a faith and a hope of heaven, an invisible reality to which the believer is going. We're going there. We're going to be there. We saw this morning our life's but a vapor. We're going to be there. When we depart from this world to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We who believe on Christ will see him face to face. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? We can't, can we? We can't. We can't even. We can't. My goodness, beloved. And we no longer live in the darkness of sin, ignorance, and unbelief. Now we struggle with sin. Before we drank it like water, but now, now we struggle. And now in Christ we walk in the light of truth, faith, holiness, until the perfect day when, when our faith shall one day be made sight. And that's what will happen when we see Christ, when we die and depart from this world, our faith shall become sight. Shall become sight. And we'll be one of those blood-washed saints that we read about in Revelation. We'll be in glory. Oh, my. It's incredible. It's absolutely. And it's all, it's all based upon Christ's merit and Christ's work, and nothing in ourselves. Isn't it wonderful? And we can't spoil it. It's wonderful. It's wonderful, beloved. Oh, my goodness. It's absolutely wonderful. Look at John... Actually, no. Look at verse 47. We'll take a look at verse 47 now. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I come, in, come not to, the, to judge the world, but to save the world. Now, men and women, they hear the gospel, don't they? Some come and sit and hear the gospel of Christ, and, and some understand in their natural mind what, what's being said, the words, but they don't understand the spiritual application. They, or they haven't had Christ revealed to them, so they don't, they don't really know who Christ is. But yet, they don't believe what the Word says. And they reject, they reject the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know that they are fully responsible for their sins? 
You've heard me say it many times. If a man or a woman goes to hell, it's all them, isn't it? But if we go to heaven, it's all God. It's all, it's all his work. What does God have to do for a man to go to hell? Just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. And we know that faith comes by hearing. But here, we know it doesn't come to all, does it? Not all hear. Now all may hear with the natural ear, but not all hear with the spiritual ear. The Holy Spirit has to give us understanding, doesn't he? The natural ear receives no profit from the Word of God, but rather it rejects the truth. And look at here. He says, And, and if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. Now, now he won't judge him now when he's in this text. And this is what this is speaking about. He'll judge him later. But not at the time of this, when he was speaking here, because he came into the world to save his people from their sins. But he will later. He will judge them later. Christ came not to condemn the world because it's already condemned. We, we saw that in John chapter 3, didn't we? He came at this time, spoken of in our text, to save sinners. To save sinners. So Christ will leave those in their sin for another day when righteous judgment will take place. For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto his Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. John 5, 22 and 23. Now this righteous judgment will take place. Look at our next verse. It's actually spoken of in our next verse. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Again, here we see men rejecting and not receiving the words of Christ. And note that they are rejecting the word which Christ has spoken. How does he speak to us? Through the gospel being preached. But natural man does not receive it. They reject it. They do not receive the words of Christ. And the only reason we who are redeemed receive it is because the Holy Spirit has, has regenerated us. We're made willing to flee to Christ. And we receive that word, don't we? Oh, we rejoice. But note here in verse 48, and keep in mind what we looked at in John three eighteen and 19. I'll read that again right here. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. And in our verse here, it says, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last days. Note it says, the same shall judge him in the last day. Think of this. This world will not last forever. This speaks of a last day. 
God has set a boundary, beloved. The sovereign God of the universe has set a boundary, a time and a length for this world. And it is set out and appointed by our divine sovereign God. And we know that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth and the works that are therein shall be burned up. And let us take note that the last day will be a day of judgment. Turn, if you would, to Acts 17, verse 31. Look at this. Acts 17.31 Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. By who? By that man whom he hath ordained. By the Lord Jesus Christ. The perfect man. Wherever he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. The righteous will be vindicated as they are clothed in the the spotless righteousness of Christ, beloved. The law has been satisfied. They will, there, there is therefore now no condemnation, no judgment for the righteous. But there will be a day when God's law will be, God's broken law will be magnified against those unbelievers. And his holy justice will be honored. And all his enemies will be defeated. And God shall demonstrate on that great day that he is God. That he is God. His true word, divine word, a word suited to men, yet, yet men have slighted it and attacked it and denied it and made his holy contents the subjects of blasphemous jesting, they joke about Scripture. They joke about Christ. They reject Christ the Messiah. They refuse the truth of the gospel of His grace. They shall be judged. Though Christ does not judge them now, let none think that He will escape. For the words of, words of Christ declared by the prophets and by Christ Himself and by the apostles and by faithful preachers shall raise up in judgment against all we do not believe. That's sobering. That's sobering. Look at John twelve forty nine. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. Beloved, our Lord did not speak as a man separate from the Father. His gospel was not human, but the gospel is divine. The gospel's divine, beloved. It is the everlasting gospel. He came, remember? He came from the glories of heaven. He came from the The Father sent him into this world. He spoke the words of the Father. Look at John 14, verses 10 and 11. A couple chapters over, look at this. John 14, verses 10 and 11. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? 
The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Christ as a man, beloved, had a mission, a commission from God. And his instructions from the Father to preach the gospel unto man. He's the sinner's substitute. And God's preachers, we have a commission from God to preach and proclaim Christ crucified. And every man who fills this pulpit has a commission to preach and proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. No one else. We don't preach ourselves. We preach the only Savior for sinners, Christ Jesus our Lord. And he, he was anointed by the Holy Ghost and sent by the Father. We saw last week the whole Trinity is involved in our redemption. Beloved. The one who is spoken of as the light, the one who is spoken of as the light, Willingly, willingly came into this world to save the sinner. If you're one of his people to save you, he left heaven. God himself becomes a man. Now all I am is a sinner. But to think that, that he never sinned in thought, in word, in deed, in action, that he's the perfect one is absolutely incredible. But he's God. I'm just a man. He's the God man. God incarnate in the flesh. One who came into this world, came into the very world he created to redeem his people from their sins. Look at verse 50. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Note here in our, our text, our Lord's commandment is not the law, because the law of God cannot give life. It reveals our sinfulness, our imperfection. The way, of a, the way to eternal life is spoken of in the gospel. And it points us right to Christ and Christ alone. John Gill said this commandment spoken of is the gospel. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verses 15 to 17. Beloved, the gospel, it's the gospel that's the power of God unto salvation. And who does the gospel speak of? Only Christ. Only Christ. It wouldn't be good news without Christ. The reason it's good news is because it's all about Christ. It's all about he who came from heaven. He who came from above. 
Romans 1, 15 to 17. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. The gospel that Christ came into this world, that he died upon the cross, that he rose again the third day, and that God is absolutely satisfied with his sacrifice. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? It's the power of God, the dynamite of God in the Greek. It's the power of God unto salvation. To who? To everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And his commandment, our text says, his commandment is life everlasting. Again, this is the gospel. The gospel is sent forth by God's commandment, beloved. By his commandment. By his commandment, Christ came into this world. By his commandment, the Holy Spirit comes. It's amazing. By his commandment, remember? God commanded the light to shine out of the darkness. By his commandment, we're saved. It's amazing. Salvation is all of, all of the Lord. So the gospel is sent forth by God's commandment, the one, the one who is the everlasting God. And it's being published by Christ and his apostles and, and published by faithful preachers all through time. And the gospel proclaims Christ. And Christ alone is life everlasting for his people. And we are saved in Christ and we have everlasting life. Oh, may we let that sink in this week. May we ponder that. May we meditate upon that. We have everlasting life. We who believe have everlasting life. We have it. Christ has obtained eternal salvation for us. Like I said, we can't mess it up. Because he hath obtained it. Isn't it wonderful? That our salvation is not dependent upon us? My. God, the Holy Spirit, he takes the preaching of the word of the gospel and gives life and turns unwilling sinners and makes them willing to flee to Christ. It's a miracle of grace. It's a miracle of grace. So let us remember the one who is the light. The word of God came down from heaven. And he is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came on a mission commissioned by God the Father to save his people from their sins. And praise be to God, he did it. It is finished. What a Savior. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before thy throne in awe in awe with the fact, Lord Jesus, that you left, you left heaven where angels bowed down before you, covered themselves because of your holiness, because of your perfect holiness, that you left all that to come to this sin-cursed world to redeem your, your people. And you did it by shedding your precious blood for us on Calvary's cross. Oh, Lord, may we be, may we, may we be grateful this week and just remember Remember the great things that you have done for us. The great things that we could never do for ourselves. 
you have done it. Glory to your name, Lord. And honor and praise to thy name. In Jesus' name, amen.